Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Surrounding yourself with people who believe in you because sometimes we're just yes. trying to prove something to someone who says it's not going to work. We're like, no, 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 I'm going to prove them. And then your whole life is about proving something to someone who doesn't really care. Like they have their own life and their own things that they think about. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. You're about to listen to a live podcast recording from the stage at Vid Summit Los Angeles, where the leading industry professionals in the creator space connect and collaborate. It was amazing to interview a top tech founder and YouTube creator with 9 million subscribers across her channels on how she utilizes YouTube to grow her tech company. Enjoy. Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest coming at us from the Bay Area, Marina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, okay, let's kick it off super, super informal. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Wow. First of all, I'm a mom of two. I think this is how you start when you're a mom of of kids age two and one, because this is your full-time job. I'm a YouTube creator with three different channels. It's like when when we talk about focusing on one thing, I can't. This is why I have three channels. Uh, And uh, I also co-founded a company called LinguaTrip, which was initially a study abroad booking platform for uh, travel experience experience as well, with educational purpose. And now it's also a video platform for language learners. And okay, so I want to start at the beginning. When did you first become interested in technology? So first of all, I was interested in my field, study abroad. And uh, we started a small agency. I'm originally from Russia. And uh, we started a small agency helping Russian students study abroad. And then we started scaling and scaling for us meant me going to different parts of Russia and starting offices there, which was really tiring. And we thought, why don't we change the behavior? Because the behavior was you go to a, to an office, you sign right. the agreement and there is a physical person connecting you with the school, et cetera. And we thought, you know, people book hotels online. And that was back in 2013. Uh, people book hotels online. Everything is happening online. Why study abroad is not happening online. Yeah. So we decided to start building the platform and I had no idea about tech. We had no idea about hiring tech people. We couldn't code. So when I say we, it's my husband and I, we started together. And then uh, we were, we just got lucky. So he's a race driver as well. And he was doing this kart competition. And there was this guy who he thought looked like a developer. <laughs> and he just approached him and he was like, are you a developer? Cause you look like a developer. And this is how we hired our first uh, guy who helped us code the platform. He actually brought, his friend, and his friend became our co-founder. Wow. So no idea about tech. We were just lucky to be connected. You were just like with- figuring it out. And exactly. 
I'm going to skip forward a little bit because we are at Vid Summit and this don't know anything about tech eventually led to Silicon Valley Girl YouTube channel. Now you have multiple channels with 9 million subscribers across all your channels, which is insane. When did you discover your love for content creation? Uh, so as a woman, I don't know if it's a female thing, but I always like to have plan B. I know some people like, I'm just going to do this and I can't fail. I'm always about plan B. So my plan B was to get an MBA in the U.S. Because yeah. I thought if we're in the U.S., maybe we can start a company here and grow out of here. Um, so I started taking all the tests that you need for the MBA programs. And I knew that there were programs that provide full rights scholarships for international students. So I took my GMAT and I was when I was preparing for my um exam, I realized there's this whole platform called YouTube uh, that was back in 2014. And I was like, wow, there's so much content there, but I couldn't find relatable content because all of the GMAT prep uh, videos were by people who either are specialists right. in taking tests or they were by students in the US and I wanted something by an international student. So when I came back, I just recorded my, came back from the GMAT test. I recorded yeah. my first video with my iPhone uh, and this is how I started the channel. I just wanted to document the journey, you know? When do you think about content creation and documenting the journey, what comes to mind for me is how important storytelling is, and then also knowing how to capture that story and then how to share the story with others in an engaging, relatable way. Can you give us your format or thought process, something we could leave this room and take with us to create better content ourselves? It's a great question because when I started, I had zero idea about how you should capture everybody's attention in the first eight seconds and create drama and everything and only reveal the secret at yeah. the end of the video. Like, I didn't know that. And I think uh, people on YouTube just look for genuine stories. Uh, and like, we come to YouTube for unpolished content by real people. And I think just keeping it real as if you're talking to your friend and maybe tweaking the title a little bit because yeah. this, is, this is what helps like all of the clickbaity stuff. 100%. Yeah. How much can a YouTube channel impact the growth of a business? Has oh. your YouTube channel helped your tech company grow? That's a great question. So initially, that wasn't something that we counted on. So I just kept doing my channel. Uh, my channel was maybe at like 10,000 subscribers when we noticed that people actually came to our business to book a trip because they heard about LinguaTrap on my channel. And then it started growing because of the channel and because of some paid advertising that we did. But then in I think in 2017, we thought that you can't build, like our thought was you can't build a company that is based on somebody's personal brand. Like right. what if I get canceled? Does the company get canceled? Right. What if I stop producing videos? That means we don't have any marketing channels. So we specifically made decision to stop promoting company on my channels. And uh, we just got back to it last year. So we just made sure that the company can exist on its own and it can exist on its own. We have a great marketing team and I just do ads whenever I want. And speaking of potential challenges that you've overcome, even though I wasn't a direct challenge, it was kind of a challenge you gave yourself. What is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome in your career? I feel like when people ask me that, I'm like, every day is an obstacle. Every day is an obstacle. Something crashes, uh, you get demonetized, mm -hmm. etc. The algorithm stops working, people quit. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like so many. my definition of an entrepreneur is a professional problem solver. Yeah, and then at some time you just develop thick skin to all the problems mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, we've been there, we've done that. And I remember we'll make our way through the it. first time, you know, first time somebody quits, 
You mm. take it personally. Oh, totally. I'm not a good person. I'm not a great entrepreneur. They're leaving I'm not my a good company. Leader. I'm yeah. not a good leader. I can't like that was the whole like drama for yeah. me when somebody left. Now we take it easier and we have systems in place, but it's it's a process, you know. How do you go about putting together your team? How many people do you have on your team, both on your company side and then on your content side? Well, the thing is, I also did everything myself from the start. Yeah. And uh, the first hire to our company was actually somebody I studied with. And I just met her. Like, I was walking in my city, and I saw her, and I asked her if she could help me with some translations because I was doing everything myself. Yeah. So she started helping. But the problem, we, we made a lot of mistakes hiring. And I remember, like, hiring someone for social media marketing and promoting them to, like, <sighs> COO position because yeah. you think they're great <laughs> and you don't care that they have necessary skills in education. Um, and then somebody just DMs you and tells you they want to work for you. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, and yeah. you just hire everyone in the start. And then you learn the hard way that you just can't do it. You need to train people, make yeah. sure they have the right experience. Yeah. But actually, my first hire as a creator was my editor who DM'd me with a video that he downloaded from YouTube and edited it himself. And I loved the result. And we ended up working for maybe like four years together. That's awesome. I think the thing that I've learned in hiring over several years has been blame the process, not the person. Yeah, blame, like, your, blame at least yourself. Blame it's the always about blame first. Your, blaming yourself, oh, actually, because it's you who hired, you who explained what to do. Yeah. You set up this whole thing. I agree. So it's actually you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's true. I am the one that created the process in the first place. Yes. So um, I try to, like, control my emotions <laughs> and be like, okay, let me look, revisit the process and see, see what's going on there. So if I understand correctly— Explain this. You're the first creator who's venture backed. What? Tell oh, me yeah. about. Tell me about that. This is what happens when you're uh, one of a few creators in Silicon Valley. Like things, weird things started happening. Uh, so last year, um, my friends reached out, reached out to me, and they had this crazy idea about investing in people. And they're like, "Do you want to raise uh, as a creator?" I like. Why do I need this? Because yeah. I can make enough cash to support my team yeah. and I don't need to do any fundraising, this crazy like new thing. But then we started talking about like, what if you have this money in the bank and you can take a break or you can focus on bigger things? Right. I also think about raising as a creator. Um, I think about like having money up front. I would earn this money later in my life, but I'm 32 right now. I have all the energy. I am still experimenting, you know, I'm still looking for other content ideas. What if I borrow money from myself basically when I'm 50 or 60, yeah. when I have less energy? And it also works in terms of investing. I really want to invest in startups, but it's super risky. Like I'm yeah. going to lose 99% of, of money I've, I've invested, but, but I really like connecting with founders. I really like the Silicon Valley atmosphere. So I thought, you know, let me try and experiment with, with this, um, raise money, also be one of the first creators. And I really believe in investing in people. Yeah. I think, you know, companies and stock markets cannot beat inflation. Right. But it's people who are going to beat inflation. It's people who are going to invent amazing things. And when we think about startup investing, sometimes you invest um, in a startup and they fail, but this founder goes on and starts another great company. Why can't we just invest in person and let them do whatever they want? Totally. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a very exciting journey. We're very early. A lot of people, when I tell them this, they're like, oh, <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, but I think 
in 10 years, we're going to have NASDAQ for people's or creator's stocks. But we have to be careful about that. But because again, if a creator gets canceled, does this mean stock goes to zero? Yeah. Like there has to be some regulation. But I think it's a uh, it's a great future. It's what's so exciting about the creator economy today. You're talking about creators on NASDAQ. Um, you know, Mr. Beast is talking about um, being the Disney Studios or even beyond Disney Studios. Where YouTube could go is so, and this whole creator economy is so yeah. wild. Yeah. And we are creating it. Like, that's what's so exciting about being in the space right now is we're molding what the future of the space is. Talking about molding our lives, how do you monetize your channel? What did you do at first? Is it strictly to monetize your, your company or do you have the traditional monetization I, methods? Yeah, all, all of different things. Uh, Google AdSense, I repost my videos to every single possible platform. Uh, I have my own like masterminds, courses. I work with brands, uh, affiliates, everything. And you were actually in the Instagram beta program for subscriptions, yeah, testing it out. Yeah, which didn't really work for me. Yeah. So can you tell us, like, what does mm -hmm. it look like to decide to do the test? And then how do you decide what kind of content to create or what kind what comes with the offer? Walk us through um, the Instagram subscriber program. Some of you mm -hmm. may have seen it on your phones where now you can start selling um, subscriptions to your uh, private Instagram feed. Yeah, the thing is with Instagram, my audience is so different. Like there are people who subscribe because they're learning English with me. Some people subscribe because they just followed my Russian channel. Some people subscribe because of Silicon Valley Girl because I have yeah. so many personalities. Yeah. Like, like my Instagram is very diverse. And uh, figuring out subscription means having a clear offer. Like I'm going to teach you, I don't know, whatever, YouTube. Uh, so I didn't have any clear offer because I don't have a specific theme on my Instagram. It's just documenting my life. Yeah. So people from different backgrounds started subscribing and it was really hard to create content that was would satisfy all of them. So I started doing live streams, Q and A's, but at the end of the day, I realized I'm actually posting the same content that I would have posted to everyone yeah. and why hide it behind the paywall. And so I just honestly told them that this is not working for me and uh, I will I will just start posting everything for everyone. Um, but I think some people are still subscribed because they just wanted to support. And I like this, I would use it in this way, but yeah. if your Instagram is, it has a very specific topic, then definitely it could be replacing your course. It could be yeah. like replacing your masterminds or like paid group chat. Do you have a singular thing that led to the growth of your channel that you saw when you were just kind of starting out and then you're like, oh, I did this and it really propelled the, the success of subscribers and views? For me, it's always telling a genuine story mm. of how I did something, how I failed, just just documenting, basically. I think when I try to create videos for the algorithm, like top seven income streams <laughs> you can build in 2020, I get bored and my audience gets bored. That's the thing. Sometimes you do them because, and I, I would say 70% of my videos, I love them, I'm excited, but 30% is discipline. Right. Because I try to create three long videos a week and sometimes you're not in the mood, but I created the schedule for myself, which I'm really proud of. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I realized that sometimes I make videos just because I want to keep to my schedule. I think telling gen a genuine story is, is the best video ever. And can you share with us so like we could leave this room and think, okay, I have a better understanding on how to craft an effective story. What's mm -hmm. something you recommend we think about? Um, I think every 
piece of content is already out there. And sometimes we're like, oh, I have this unique story, but then it actually comes down to something that people are already talking about. So it, it's all about just going out there on YouTube and Googling like how to take cheap and we're like how yeah. to take hope, et cetera. Just putting the right title, I think it makes the whole difference. I remember I was doing a podcast with Ali Abdal and he told me something that was like so mind blowing. He said he, he did a video how I start about how he started writing online and he titled it how I started writing online and it was about blogging, etc. And it was 10 out of 10. You know how YouTube ranks your videos yeah. against the other ones. So it was 10 out of 10 was not performing. And he added so he changed the title completely. The video was completely the same, but the title was now how writing online made me a millionaire. And this is now his best performing video. Wow. You see like this small, like millionaire, like it, it always yeah. performs. And if you, if you watch like business or investment uh, creators like Graham Stephan or Andre Jake, like they always have a millionaire like in one of their titles at least once a month, just because it works. And so you see like just adding one word to your title can change the trajectory of the whole video. So just look for those smaller cues. A hundred percent. And I think, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, but Hayden Hillier-Smith, who um, has edited Logan Paul's videos for years, he says to read Save the Cat. He says it's the best book on storytelling and crafting a story. So mm. definitely Save the Cat. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten? Ooh. In, for business. I think... Business life, it's, it's all the same. I think uh, well, there are so many. Surrounding yourself with people who believe in you because sometimes we're just yes. trying to prove something to someone who says it's not going to work. We're like, no, 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 I'm going to prove them. And then your whole life is about proving something to someone who doesn't really care. Like they have their own life and their own things that they think about. So surrounding yourself with people who believe in you, who have the same vision and just, you know, being positive. I don't know, like the, the last, uh, because I'm Russian, like mm. this year has been so hard for me. Like you can lose everything in a day and like, everything you work for, the weekends you sacrifice and you don't spend time with your kids because you want to build something and then it's gone in a day. And like this year made me think about how I want to slow down mm. and how I want to appreciate these moments instead of just, you know, saving more, doing more, just, you know, living a life. Because mm -hmm. again, it can be taken away from us like, like this. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think one of the best pieces of advice I've heard in relation to being a content creator was from Colin and Samir, was make sure your production process is sustainable for a long period of time. Oh, yes. And don't create a piece of content that you don't want to be famous for. Something I learned last year. Because sometimes don't like, create a piece of content you don't want to be famous yeah, for. Yeah, because sometimes like, oh, let me document this and film a video about like, I don't know, Kids. Yeah. And you never wanted to become a kid's creator, so why would you do this? Yeah. Yes, it might get you 10 million views, but now people know you for this, and the algorithm would want you to create more it's videos true. like this. So why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, you kind of feed the algorithm um, the category that you get positioned in. Mm -hmm. So if you do that with intention, like if you even go to my Twitter, you'll see if I post something about podcasting, there's a lot of activity. If I'll post something about what ice cream, I probably won't get a lot of activity. But imagine if you do. Now you're like, oh, now shall I'm I change my person. whole life yeah. and <laughs> talk about ice I cream? I mean, ice cream is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. And have you had a mentor? I always wanted to say, like, my husband is my mentor because he's the I one who has that. broader vision. I am the one who thinks about what we're going to do in five minutes and an hour next day. He's the one 
about like, who thinks about how our, look, our life is going to look like in five years. You know, something that also worked for me this yeah. year is creating a dream board. And I was laughing at people who would create dream boards like, can't you have your goals in your head? Why do you want to have it? And I did this challenge where you write down 100 wishes. And as a creator, like brand deals that you yeah. want to get, level of income, number of videos, how do you want people to introduce you when you enter the room? And it really helps you strategize because you wake up every morning and you're like, oh, I want to do this video. But then you look at your dream board and you want to work with Apple. Like, right. How would this get you to working with Apple? And it really, really helps you in this world where you open your homepage and there are so I don't know about you guys, but whenever I open my homepage and I see all of the creators, I want to do so many things. Yeah. But it's like, it's about being strategic about whatever you're doing. So a dream board, something that's really helpful. And I think the advice that I'd give, oops, the advice that I'd give everyone is your intuition is your oracle. Oh, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that we don't understand is that we have everything within ourselves to create the life that we want to create. We'll all have different challenges, different pathways, but we do literally have it inside of ourselves and our minds and our bodies to create the world that we want to create. And sometimes we just don't believe we do. So then we search outward and we're like, why can't we find it yet? Why is there so much resistance? Why is there so much resistance? And I think that time of flow comes when we truly and utterly believe we have success inside us. I didn't share much about my background on purpose, but I built the first action sports tech company. I built it alongside um, Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook and Tom with MySpace. And I mean, I was badass. Like looking back, I'm like, wow, she's amazing. But I did not know it in that time. I always thought someone else was smarter than me, better than me, had more resource than me. But what I didn't understand is my intuition was so powerful. I had all I needed within myself, my charisma, my commitment, my dedication, my passion to succeed. And so that's what I wish for everybody in this room and everybody listening is that you believe in yourself and remember your intuition is your oracle. Absolutely. Thank Love you it. so much for Thank hanging you. out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Where can people connect with you? Uh, Silicon Valley Girl on YouTube. Silicon Valley Girl on YouTube to connect with me. Go to at Esprit Devora on Twitter or on any social channel. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Thank podcast. You. Hi, this is Marina McGilko, co-founder of Linguatrip. I'm based in the Bay Area and you're listening to Women in Tech podcast. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.